Welcome to A Well-Cared-For Human, the podcast that tries to convince you that you are 100% normal and an even better than okay example of the human species, despite the fact that sometimes we feel like the craziest, most incapable, or worthless creatures on the face of this planet. I'm Corey, an author, a creative, and the host of the show. Whatever you're bringing to the table today, I hope this episode proves to be a dose of inspiration for you on your quest to become a well-cared-for human. You can find the episode show notes, your free wellness blueprint, and more at awellcaredforhuman.com. And as always, thank you for listening. Hello, humans. It's your host, Corey, and today we're going to talk about managing stress. Now, stress affects all four of our pillars of wellness. If you are too stressed, it will manifest as symptoms in your body. It can create or amplify your anxiety or negative thinking or any kind of habitual patterns that sabotage our mental health. It can also dampen our creativity or our joy, and it puts strain on our relationships with other people. So stress isn't assigned to a specific pillar. It's more of an external force that we have to learn to recognize and to manage so that our pillars aren't destroyed. (laughs) So stress is somewhat personalized in that different things stress out different people. So what's extremely stressful to me might be a piece of cake to you. But generally, if you're feeling stressed, it's a signal that something is out of balance in your life and you're getting a gentle or not so gentle alert from your body or your mind that you need to address it. You might think that everyone knows when they're stressed. I mean, it's pretty horrible, so how could we overlook when we're stressed? How could we possibly miss it? But actually, there are many of us who do miss the subtle cues that we are experiencing stress, that stress is starting to accumulate, and our disconnection from our body or from our minds can make it difficult for us to notice those cues. And especially if you come from a chronically stressed environment or a high-conflict environment, you might also be missing these stress signals simply because your body and mind has been conditioned to diminish or dismiss those cues because you can't attend to them when you're in these difficult situations. You just have to push through and keep going. And so there's no time to process or de-stress. And so over time, those signals get quieter and quieter. So our first step to managing stress is improving our ability to spot that we are stressed, ideally as early in the process as possible so that we can address it before it accumulates too much, when it's still smaller and more manageable. For me, usually before I get totally overwhelmed (laughs) and I can't think or do anything of value because I'm just spiraling. But learning how to spot stress does require practice. It requires that we check in with our bodies and with our minds once in a while, that we're paying attention to ourselves. So we need to keep meditating, keep doing our body scans, keep journaling, all of those things that I outlined for us in the toolbox episodes, the first, I believe it was eight episodes, each of those different toolbox tools. Keep doing those things and we'll be able to reestablish that connection between mind and body. But let's say that you are working on that stuff and sometimes you still miss it. You still find yourself in the deep end of stress. That's okay. That is also me sometimes. So don't beat yourself up about it. Don't give yourself a hard time. 
the fact that you can notice at all that you are stressed, <laughs> that's, that's good. That means you're developing the awareness and you should give yourself some credit. And any time that we are able to notice it, whether it be early or late, that means that there are things that we can do to address the distress and things that we can do to help remove the tension that's been accumulating. Just be mindful that there are many layers to it. So there's a surface attention. There's kind of a surface pass that you could do where you're just tidying up. You're not really cleaning, deep cleaning. You're just putting things back in order. So it doesn't take a lot of time. It's just more like maintenance. But then there's a deeper level of clean that's needed <laughs> if the stress has been ongoing or if the situation is especially difficult. So, for example, maybe something really destructive happened. Maybe there was a divorce or someone we love died or we lost our job and now we're really stressed out about money. Or maybe there's something going on at work and it's a chronically difficult situation. And as a result, we're really stressed for a more prolonged period of time. That sort of situation is going to need more attention. It's going to need more time before we can put things back into order. It's not going to be just like a surface maintenance, <laughs> maintenance de-stressing. But then there's the third level, which is the deepest of all, and that would be chronic stress. And the metaphor I'd like to use for this is imagine that there are rats that have been living in the walls <laughs> for maybe 10 or 20 or 30 years. And because of that, the whole place, your whole place needs to be gutted and rebuilt in order to be livable again. And if you're at this level, it's very possible that you've got some health issues that you're contending with at this point. You might need to be purging toxic people from your life, or you might need to change careers. Your whole life might need an overhaul. Possibly you could assume an alias and sail off to a deserted island with a boat full of puppies and just live out your days happily there. That might be the best life change for you, whatever you need. But the bottom line is, is that I just want to point out that if you're at this level of chronic stress, there's not going to be a miracle cure that I can give you in a 20-minute episode <laughs> that's going to magically wipe all that away. You're going to need to keep doing all the things we've been talking about for 80-ish episodes now, all the toolbox tools, all of these bigger sort of life changes, get some professional help if you need help. When I was at my lowest point back in 2005 to 2008, I needed a massive rebuild. I could not get my life back on track by myself. I was fortunate enough that I was able to find a very kind, very helpful therapist, Dr. Art. So there's no shame in asking for help if this is where you're at. It's just important that you're able to see that and you acknowledge that, yes, I do need some help. And then you jump in and start doing the work. And that's it. That's all you need to do. I say that's all you need to do, like it's simple, but don't be too hard on yourself is my point. <laughs> you don't need to beat yourself up if you have been dealing with this situation for a really long time. But even if you are at the level where you're looking at a major overhaul in order to kind of purge the excess stress and its sources from your life, I still think that you'll be able to get a few benefits and tips out of this episode. So let's look at that. The first thing I want to say is that it's important to know that stress is natural. There's a lot of times when I feel stressed and I feel like something's wrong, I'm doing something wrong, maybe I'm living badly, <laughs> making poor choices. But the reality is, is that stress is natural, it's normal, it's perfectly okay to encounter it. Sometimes it's even helpful. So for example, we stress our muscles intentionally when we go to the gym, for those of us who exercise. <laughs> or for me, when I'm lifting a 30-pound pug 20 times a day, my muscles get bigger that way. But that is considered stress. It's 
repeated exposure to something difficult that helps us to build up stamina, to build up resilience. It's only problematic when it becomes excessive, when it becomes chronic, when it stays with us, when we're not able to achieve those relaxation periods or release periods in between stressful moments. That's when we start to run into problems. And some of the ways that stress can affect our bodies and our minds are a lot of physical things that we see, like cardiovascular problems. Chronic stress can lead to high blood pressure, to a high heart rate, to greater risk of heart disease and stroke. It can also weaken our immune systems. Long-term stress has been shown to suppress the immune system's ability to fight off infections and illness, making it much more difficult for us to fight disease or infections that come up. My personal favorite as in it troubles me the most, (laughs) digestive problems. Whenever I'm stressed, I'm almost always dealing with some kind of stomach upset or sudden and violent urge to go to the bathroom. Chronic stress definitely contributes to gastrointestinal issues such as irritable bowel syndrome, indigestion. If you've been dealing with chronic stress for a while, it's not uncommon that you'll have these manifestations of this chronic stress in your digestive tract. There's also muscular tension and pain, which is another one that I deal with quite a bit. And that's muscle tension in the back and in the neck. Sometimes I get headaches or my jaw will hurt. There are sleep disturbances. So if we're chronically stressed, we don't sleep very well. We have a difficulty falling asleep or staying asleep or just having restful, replenishing sleep at all. There's weight gain. For me, this came from my unhealthy coping mechanism of binge eating when I was particularly stressed. I would go to the Dairy Queen. (laughs) There was a Dairy Queen right beside my house and I would go over there and I would get like the biggest blizzard they had like every single day. I would absolutely go get a Dairy Queen blizzard right now because they're amazing. But no one needs to eat one every single day. And so there might be this element of kind of battling the stress by soothing ourselves by eating. I definitely was trying to self-soothe through eating. There's also an increased risk of chronic diseases, things like diabetes, autoimmune disorders. There's also some research that shows that chronic stress might be contributing to neurodegenerative diseases like Alzheimer's or Parkinson's. But it's not just our bodies that suffer, our minds also suffer. So if we're chronically stressed, our anxiety's higher, our depression's higher, we have these symptoms that exacerbate our emotions, our mood. We could experience cognitive impairment. Whenever I'm really stressed, I find it really hard to think, to concentrate, to make decisions. I feel like it also affects my memory. It certainly affects my mood swings. I feel more irritable. I find it more difficult to be patient with other people. Whenever I'm stressed, it leads to burnout for sure. Ongoing stress without proper coping mechanisms definitely leads to burnout. When we can't decompress, when we can't turn ourselves off, then we are constantly up against this emotional exhaustion, this physical exhaustion, and as I touched on just a moment ago, the unhealthy coping mechanisms. So when we're really stressed, we tend to do things like overeat or smoke or drink too much or do too many drugs or things that will help us try to get this temporary relief from stress, but it doesn't remove it from the body in some of these more healthy ways. I also find that stress affects my relationship. So when I'm feeling chronically stressed, I tend to withdraw from people. Like I don't want to go out. I don't want to see anyone. I don't want to do anything. I feel pretty isolated. Or the people that I do see, like family or friends, I am more likely to get into a conflict with them or to misunderstand because I'm just not in the mood or I'm too touchy about something. So it really does affect everything. It affects our relationships. It affects our moods, our emotions, our body. 
our overall sense of well-being. But the good news is, is that we are able to get rid of stress. So it isn't just that we have it and it stays with us forever. De-stressing is part of the process. We're supposed to be able to de-stress. It's more unnatural that we are holding the stress in our bodies. So you're already primed to let this stuff go. That's the good news. Your body and your mind wants to fix the issues as much as you do. (laughs) And there are several ways that we can do that where we can start to try to release some of the stress that's accumulating. One of the techniques is deep breathing. So practicing deep breathing exercises to trigger the body's relaxation response. So there's a box breath where you do an in for four count, hold for four count, out for four count, and then just pause at the bottom. You're not breathing in or out for a four count. And so I'll demonstrate that for you. So it's in, hold at the top, exhale, Hold at the bottom. And then you just keep doing that. So even just that one breath I just did for you now, I felt the shoulders, uh, the shoulder blades roll back and kind of relax. So that definitely works. So doing some of these breathing exercises, whether it's the four count box breath, there's a few other ones. You can look them up on the internet, I'm sure. But there's different forms that you can do with different counts and it kind of creates these different reactions in your body. But that's one way to slow everything down to kind of remove yourself from the stressfulness of the moment. There's also progressive muscle relaxation, which I've talked a bit about before. I can't remember which episode it was, but it's this idea of moving your attention from your toes all the way up through your body. You do each muscle at a time, and it's basically concentrating on each part as you go along and breathing into it, consciously relaxing it. Sometimes you clench it and then relax it to help you get that release and that removes physical tension from the body. My favorite is yoga. I've been doing yoga for a long time since 2011. I credit yoga to pretty much the, I don't want to say the soul means, but it was definitely a big factor in me reconnecting with my body and healing my relationship with my body because you learn to move and to pay attention to kind of how your body moves. You learn how to breathe with your body. And so I find that to be very effective for not just flexibility and balance and strength, which is what a lot of people do yoga for, but in reducing stress. And I love Yoga with Adrienne's channel. She has a great channel. You can find her on YouTube. And Yoga with Adrienne has a lot of different practices. They all have different little names. And you can find the ones that are like yoga for stress or yoga for release or yoga for anxiety and different ones that you can do. And they're all pretty short. So you can squeeze in something like that. There's also massage. I like to get massages in which they're not relaxing massages. (laughs) I get something that's more akin to like a medical massage in which she really gets in there and she kind of like makes my muscles like noodles. She just like kind of really gets all the knots out and things like that. There are other people who get very nice, gentle, relaxing massages. Mine is more like pulverizing my muscles, but whichever one works good for you. There's also using self-massage so you can rub your own shoulders, your own hands, your own feet absolutely. Or I know some people who like to use foam rollers to kind of get the same effect. And then like yoga, there's stretching, but it doesn't have to be a formal yoga practice. You can just do gentle stretches to kind of alleviate any muscle tension that you're experiencing at the time. There's meditation, of course. Doing a regular meditation practice can calm the mind and reduce stress. 
I feel that meditation, and I probably have said all of this in my meditation episode, so you can definitely go back and listen to that again if you'd like a refresher of all my thoughts on meditation and the different kinds, but essentially meditation is a kind of thing that when I'm doing it, I'm like, is this even working? Like, is anything happening here? <laughs> like, I can't be entirely sure. But if I quit meditating for like a week or two, let's say I get really busy and I don't sit down and do my meditation every day, I can definitely tell when I don't do it. And so when it's happening, I may not be entirely sure if it's doing me any good, but when I stop and I don't make room for it in my life anymore, I can immediately tell the difference. Like my stress level is very high, my anxiety is a lot higher. And so I find that meditation is one of those things that are great for accumulative stress and then also for kind of warding off new stress acquisition. So when you're doing it, you may not feel like anything is happening, but I promise you, it is. Things are happening. <laughs> Another thing I like is guided imagery. So you just close your eyes and you visualize something peaceful or calming. Maybe this is because I have a really active, borderline overactive imagination. So this is pretty easy for me. But if you're not someone who finds imagination easy, maybe this is not the one for you. But you could try aromatherapy instead. There are certain scents like lavender and chamomile, bergamot. These all have really calming effects. I have them all, <laughs> smell them all regularly. I have little vials of them on my desk and when I start freaking out, I'll just pop the cap off one and I'll just, you know, sniff. <laughs> almost like snort it, but no, obviously not because it would burn uh, like hell, but I smell it and I do feel a lot better. The citrus ones are really good about lifting the mood. Like I feel like, oh, I feel energized when I do the citrusy ones like bergamot or orange is another one that I like, but the lavender is more soothing. It's like I feel just very zen if I've been sniffing a lot of lavender. And I went to a lavender farm for my birthday this year, actually, and I was walking around in that store, and they had all kinds of things. Oh my god. It was a farm, but they, they also had like a little gift shop, you know, that was like part of a barn. So you go into this gift shop slash barn, and there was all kinds of things. There were sachets, there were lip balms and oils and soaps and lotions, pretty much everything you could think of that was lavender. They had made something of it, lavender. Lavender lemonade, lavender cookies. It was wild. But anyway, when I walked out of there, I felt so insanely zen. <laughs> it felt like I was floating above my body. It was wild. And so I definitely recommend lavender if you're feeling stressed. Sniff you some lavender. It's great. I also was really into warm baths there for a while. I haven't done it in a minute, but I had a very long phase of lush bath bombs. Like I would go to Lush and I would get a bunch of bath bombs and bath things and I would make like a bath cocktail and I would sit in a warm bath and I found that was very relaxing. I also think Epsom salts for the same reason are very relaxing. Epsom salts, especially for the feet, when I'm having a really hard time with my feet or they're feeling very you know, sore or achy, if I soak them in Epsom salt, that really does something for it. I don't know how that works. I'm sure the internet can tell us, but it feels like a lot of the tension is just sucked right out of my feet from that salt. It's like magic salt. You know that I love my nature walks, my walking every day. I have mentioned it many times before, but spending time in nature, I have that whole episode about blue and green spaces as well, so you can listen to that. But whether you get out to a park or to a trail or you just lay in your backyard and look at the sky like I do, 
These things definitely reduce stress and promote relaxation. The important element I think here is to focus on the sights and the sounds and the sensation being really mindful. So the more we can focus on being in the present moment with this beauty of nature, the more likely it's going to help us. If you're just out there lying in the grass thinking about all the things you need to do, <laughs> I don't know how de-stressful it will be, right? I think you'll still be kind of wrapped up in it. So it's very important to focus on the relaxation element, the being present in the moment aspect of it. I also find that if I can make myself laugh, that that releases a lot of tension. So sometimes I'll turn on something that I know is funny, or I'll watch some funny videos on YouTube, or I'll read a book that I know is going to enhance my mood. Laughter triggers endorphins, so it naturally releases endorphins in our bodies, and also it boosts our mood. So anything you can do to shift the stress by getting a good laugh in, and you can manufacture this again, like I said, by watching a movie or something. It's not like you have to make yourself do it. There was an exercise, <laughs> actually, that I saw on the internet where this woman was, like, taking you through this laughter exercise to get you laughing. You counted it off on your fingers, and for every finger, you added a ha. So, first finger, ha. Second finger, ha ha. Third finger, ha ha ha. See, I'm not going to even get through it, but it's, let me try again. First finger, ha. Second finger, ha ha. Third finger, ha ha ha. Fourth finger, ha 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 ha. Fifth finger, ha 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 finger, ha ha. Okay, I'm going to stop here because I'm just going to be laughing maniacally into the microphone and making this weird. But you get the idea. And by the time you get to the tenth finger and you're ha 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 haing, you're laughing for real. And so you could try that one as well and see if that works for you to release some tension. Also, just taking breaks. So if the stress is really high, sometimes, at least for me, the reason why it's so high is because I feel like I can't stop. Like, I feel like there's no time to breathe. There's no time to stop. I can't quit what I'm doing. That'll only make it worse. I have to go, 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 do, do, do. And that compounds that feeling of stress. But if I just stop and I give myself permission to stop and I'm just like, you know what? For five minutes, I'm not going to do anything. I'm going to count ha 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 on my fingers. <laughs> <laughs> or whatever it is but if you're just like I'm not gonna do it right now like I can afford to take five minutes I can afford to take 15 minutes ideally we would give ourselves more than that but maybe this is how you have to negotiate with yourself in the beginning just five minutes you can totally afford five minutes and just do things that either reconnect you with your body so get you back into your body like laughing or stretching or doing a bit of yoga or breathing anything that you can do to get yourself out of your head or check in, just kind of look around you. Like sometimes I'm so sucked into my computer or my phone and stuff that I forget like the world. <laughs> I forget what's going on in the world and sometimes just stop, look up. I'll look out my window. I'll look at the bird feeder. I'll see what birds are there. I'll take a breath. Like just checking in with ourselves more will really help. In addition to giving ourselves permission to rest more, to take more breaks, to build more time into our days, to do the things we love like painting or playing a musical instrument or listening to music that we find really soothing or really mood boosting or cooking something that we want or baking something that we want. Any of these things that can help us just to relax and to step away from whatever the source of stress is. And lastly, I just want to tell you that you can give yourself permission to make these changes. So if there's something in your life that is a source of pain for you, 
a terrible relationship, a horrible job, where you live is toxic or it's just not ideal. Do the things that you can to make it better for yourself. And maybe you cannot completely change your situation all at once. Maybe you can only do little micro changes. But anything that alleviates some of that stress, some of that burden of your situation to make it more bearable, definitely do that. Give yourself permission to prioritize that in your life. So for example, I have a good friend who uh, she is a nurse. And she's really busy and she shares this house with her husband and two kids. And like me, she writes and she does art stuff. Her art is amazing. It's five million times better than mine. But she has this need to do a lot of creative stuff to be happy. But the problem is, is that there's no space for her in her house to do that. Like her kids stuff is everywhere and her husband's band stuff is everywhere. And so I told her, I was like, you need your own space. Like you absolutely need your own space so that you can feel like your house is yours too. And so she created this space in her bedroom, like for her own desk. And she's really protective of it. And she said that that really helped her a lot. So that's a small change, right? She just got a desk and she put it in her bedroom. And now she feels like things are a lot better because she has a space that's her own. And my reason for telling you this is because it doesn't always have to be big dramatic changes. Yes, you could get in the boat with all the puppies and go off to the deserted island. <laughs> That's one way. Or you could just do little things in your life to just make things a little bit easier on you. If you can't buy a house, because, you know, in this housing market, she can't just go buy a bigger house. <laughs> So she's going to be in this house with her husband and her kids, right? There's That's just the situation. But she can do things in her environment to make things easier on herself. And so you can, too, work with whatever you've got. You can make things easier for yourself. And so don't overlook the small changes because that might very well be the thing that makes all of the difference in your life. And that's it for today, dear human. As always, I hope you found this episode useful. And if you would like to write into the show today and ask my thoughts on something that you're dealing with, I would love to hear from you through any of my social media or through my email at cory at coriamshrum.com. And you'll also find that in the show notes of this episode. But otherwise, I will be back next week with another episode of A Well-Cared-For Human. And until then, please take good care of you. This episode of A Well-Cared-For Human was written and produced by me, Cory Marie. The music was by Late Night Feeler and Esther Abrami. If you like what I'm doing here, please consider visiting my Patreon. For as little as a dollar a month, you get early ad-free access to the episodes, as well as a monthly patrons-only Q&A, bonus videos, and more. Not to mention that your Patreon support lets me know that you find value in the show and want it to continue. You can find me on Patreon by visiting www.patreon.com forward slash Marie. If you can't support the show financially, that is okay. You can still subscribe to the show, leave a review of the show, and recommend the show to your friends, not just the neurotic ones. All of this helps so much. And as always, thank you for listening.